Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Well, on behalf of Johns Hopkins Advanced Academic Programs and our digital curation class, we'd like to welcome Maggie Bell, who is an assistant curator at the Norton Simon Museum of Art in Pasadena, California. And thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Um, Maggie is an expert and scholar in early modern Italian art. And a disclaimer, Maggie was a PhD candidate at UCSB where I was an undergraduate student. And her work is largely responsible for my interest in pursuing museum education as a profession. So thank you so much, Maggie, you're an inspiration. That is so kind, Dina. It's my honor to, to be speaking with you today. Well, we're honored to have you. And Maggie is getting ready to produce uh, an upcoming exhibition at the Norton Simon entitled The Expressive Body, Memory, Devotion, and Desire. And it explores the ways that the portrayal of the human form can evoke powerful and pathic response. And Maggie has expertise in this field. She's done a great deal of work. So um, I, we'd love to have your insights and um, how your work might differ on the digital platform as opposed to the gallery and um, how that approach differs in your upcoming curatorial work. So maybe you can start by sharing a little bit about your background with us. What, what brought you into the profession of, uh, as a art, art historian and a curator at the Norton Simon? And yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that would be my, my pleasure. So um, I've been pretty focused on art history since I was an undergraduate at UC Davis. And I have always loved how visual culture in general can evoke stories and evoke lived experiences um, in, in particular ways that written sources can't always do. Um, I was drawn to curating uh, in graduate school when I co-curated an exhibition with my colleague Diva Zumaya, who's now an assistant curator at LACMA, um, called Sacred Art, um, a visual trend, um, <laughs> it's such a long title, Sacred Art, um, visual traditions in Latin America and Santa Barbara. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a long title and I'm terrible. But in any case, it was open as part of the Getty Pacific, Pacific Standard Time from um, January 2017. Um, That's fantastic. To, yeah, so it was, it was um, early in my career as a, as a curator. But in any case, it was one of the projects that um, launched my interest in connecting the past with the present through curatorial projects. And one of the things that we were most proud of in this exhibition was getting a grant from the California Humanities um, to do oral history projects. So we interviewed Shumash elders and leaders uh, and recorded these videos and kept put them in the exhibition and then also they live now online permanently as very important resources. Um, to talk about this history in Santa Barbara. Um, but in any case, I started as an intern at the Simon in 2019. And I was drawn to the Simon because it's, you know, it's a small museum, small staff with a very big, very important collection. And so in that role, I get to work across 
fields, across disciplines, uh, with other experts who have to wear a lot of hats. Um, so I, I very much enjoyed that and I have gotten a lot of hands-on experience in terms of working with objects and um, finding ways to interpret this permanent collection in, in new and exciting, uh, with new and exciting uh, themes. I remember that exhibition. It was outstanding. It was very, very well done and it made a, a tremendous impression. So um, that was fantastic. Yeah, memorable. <laughs> um, when you, in your daily work, um, how, does, how does your work differ on the digital platform and the gallery as far as your curatorial approach? Do you find pros and cons with each and how do they work together? I would say that I, you know, no expert in working in a digital platform at all. So this year has been a big learning experience for me and for my team. Um, I work still in the capacity of a curator in terms of researching the collection, interpreting the collection and writing texts that can connect visitors and viewers with the objects. Um, but we've been able to do that digitally and so therefore reach so many more people, which is one of the major silver linings of this very, very difficult year. Mm. Um, and, and so as a result of that, my, my practice, my work has shifted more towards writing Instagram posts and writing online essays and recording videos that we did this Encounters with the Collection video series in which each curator chooses one specific work and we, we do a four or five minute video on this so I've been practicing my my video voice and <laughs> with mixed uh, mixed success um, but it's been great because the things that you can do online in addition to being more accessible in terms of of making the text more accessible having audio components which is great is that you can also use the images in specific ways so you can pan across them you can zoom in you can draw people's attention two aspects of the image that are harder to do actually in person. Um, so I really enjoyed being able to think about the objects in those kinds of terms, which are all, you know, really more possible on a digital platform. Yeah, that's um, challenging. And this last year has been extraordinarily challenging for everyone. But I know with your ability to teach, um, it's going to come through on the digital platform extraordinarily well. Um, do you see the digital platform um, in opposition in any way to the gallery or do you think they work uh, compatibly with one another? Uh, is Norton Simon planning to sustain the digital work that you're doing once they reopen or is it going to shift back toward more of a, a gallery intensive? I um, I think this is such a great question and I think something that a lot of museums are thinking about now and, and my hope and I think the hope of, of the staff at the Norton Simon is that, you know, working on these digital projects is part of our workflow now. It's one of our responsibilities as curators to uh, interpret collections on different platforms for different audiences and so I think a big growth experience for all of us is writing engaging digestible captions for Instagram and social media, which has been, you know, a lot of fun to engage with objects that we know so well, and maybe more of a scholarly level mm -hmm. and, and translating them into a way that's really enjoyable and accessible. It's um, for it, viewers. It is accessibility to uh, a larger audience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's such a, a joy. It's a lot of fun to see comments and, and, you know, user responses to these 
in these posts. Um, and it, it, it's such a good question because it's hard to maybe translate the in-person experience to a digital platform because mm -hmm. our viewers, our visitors, um, you know, they come to the museum for the art, mm -hmm. but they come for the ambiance, for the experience of the galleries, for social visits, to walk in our gardens, to eat at the cafe, mm -hmm. shop at our bookstore. So there's so much that the museum offers in multiple experiential ways that that are harder to translate to a digital platform but at the same time like i was saying the digital platform allows for really rich engagement with the objects in ways that aren't possible in person and it allows us to reach an international audience in a way that we just weren't really doing um, before even though our collection has you know earned scholarly attention internationally it's so nice to be able to engage in in more accessible ways um, yeah that's fantastic my hunch is that's going to translate in many ways into an increased gallery visitation um, especially with an international community but even a domestic community that might not otherwise have engaged with the collection i think it's an incredible opportunity i wonder with a, a data bent, I'm wondering, is there any way or are they planning to try to track the conversion rate of the, the audience that is newly engaged online? Uh, are they? I love this question too. And, and so we have a very small team of external affairs. We have two, two full-time people in our external <laughs> affairs department who manage all of the visitor services, online content, web design, they, they do it all. Um, but they're very committed to um, tracking, you know, visitor demographics and preferences and just the number of people who come and go. Um, and those kinds of surveys have been really important in understanding how people use the museum and the areas that we need to improve. Uh, and the things that people like. And so their hope is to, you know, they're tracking online traffic and they're really interested in seeing how that's gonna translate. Um, and I remember a long time ago, and not necessarily in our museum, but there was some conversation as museums were adjusting to digital content that there would, that somehow digital content would replace in-person experience, yeah. um, which now looking like it, that's, in, that's you know frankly a, a kind of ridiculous idea <laughs> so um so i think we have fully embraced the yeah. potential to get people excited about our collection mm -hmm. through our digital projects yeah i think they work to enhance one another and i can't wait to see the outcomes of tracking because a lot of times data is looked at as a punitive measure there you know people are afraid to use data uh, they're afraid you know for whatever reasons they're reluctant and I think there's such an incredible opportunity to legitimize all of the efforts that everybody has put in on the digital platform over the last year. If they can demonstrate how beneficial it is for the museum to extend their digital outreach and that it's not at the exclusion of the gallery, but it's, it's highly compatible. Um, I think the data is going to really back everybody's efforts up. So it's, um, yeah, going to be exciting to, that's something to look forward to. I, I totally agree. And and it's really amazing to see like social media as a sort of informal way to track audience engagement, visitor engagement. And and people have a really amazing recollection of the collection. It's fun to see what their favorite pieces are. We've mm -hmm. asked the, you know, 
our, our followers to, to um, let us know what their favorite works are, or things that they want to know more about, which has been fun because the curator, we have started as curators responding personally to these and, and, and writing our own um, responses to works that we love too. And, and so it's been really fun to, I think, put faces to the institution through social media too. Absolutely. I think the um, direct engagement with the curatorial staff, it's, it's just a fantastic opportunity. And like you say, if there is a silver lining, um, maybe this is a blessing in disguise in some ways. And I'm so glad it sounds like it's going to be sustained. Um, it's, I'm just really amazed with the profound array of creative responses that museums and people like you have come up with over the last year in the face of all the challenges and you know just a devastating year. It just shows how important arts and the museum in particular is to people's well-being. And I know that's something that you have profound expertise in how the arts are healing and how they uplift us and get us in touch with our humanity. And um, no, your work you. is a, a fantastic contribution to the field in that way. Um, which is kind of a, a good segue into, can you talk a little bit about your upcoming exhibit or is that still in the... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, was, it was supposed to open um, last year at about this time and obviously the world changed. Mm -hmm. um, but, it, so the exhibition is about, as you say, um, the powerful responses that painting and sculpture can evoke uh, in the body of the viewer or experiencer, I should say, because often these works were touched and held as much as seen, um, and in the early modern period in Europe. So that's sort of my, my scope. And my goal with the exhibition was to make it a very meditative space where people could reflect on their own bodily responses as a place to start in understanding historical responses uh, in a multi-sensory way. And so one of the components that I wanted to have was a meditation room in which we had texts and also audio that guided people through looking at two paintings. So just two paintings in a gallery, that's it, you know, focus, time to linger and look at these. Um, and a lot has changed since I came up with this. So we don't know if people can stay and linger in the gallery safely. We'll just have to see when it opens in October what, what's safe to do. We don't know if we can have audio devices necessarily that people can borrow. Um, and so, <laughs> so one of the goals is to create um, online audio that people can access with their devices. However, our museum is, you know, we're, we're growing and changing at the pace that, that the Simon sometimes does, um, which is um, deliberately and, and sometimes slowly, but we don't have Wi-Fi in the galleries still, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which I know is shocking, is shocking for most, most people, for most institutions. But this has been a great impetus of using the argument of accessibility. We're hoping that we can really um, push for this because people who have many different ways of engaging with the works in a museum can have those tools that they want and need to do so. Um, so that's our big initiative as staff is to really push for Wi-Fi before we, we uh, open or, you know, soon after we do. I think it's a, a fabulous opportunity and I can speak personally uh, to the need of, need of using audio and needing Wi-Fi in the gallery. 
So I think this is a really good um, example of the, it, its use for uh, the Norton sign-in, and I think it's gonna, gonna be really useful. We really hope, it, yeah, we think it'll be possible. We're very hopeful. Well, it sounds like it's gonna be a spectacular event. And um, I really look forward to, to seeing your work and both online and in the gallery. And I know it's gonna, it's gonna, it's so needed right now. And it's gonna be so important to people. They're just really in need, not only of the museum experience, but really connecting um, to the healing capacity of art. And you are the perfect person to, to bring that to them. So That's so generous. <laughs> absolutely true. So thank you, Maggie. Thank you for interviewing with us. And thank you for all you do on behalf of the arts. And the healing capacity and the Norton Simon is so incredibly fortunate to have you. So, thank you so me. much, Dina. It was my pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you, Maggie. Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to turn off the recording and, well, let's.